Hey, sweetheart, it's 2.06 in the morning, and I know you're asleep. It's okay. Well, I really believe that you are. You know, God um, giving me a hiss and described in Isaiah. It's a sound that gathers up the nations quickly. It's a sound. It's a sound. Even the blow, you know, of the wind of God, it gathers up the nations faster. And when we say nations, it's not the land itself. It's the souls that are in the land. You know, they are the nation. And God is releasing such a sound to release that every spirit hears and gathers. And it's so amazing that uh, what's happening is not just sentimental, it's like it's monumental as well. Yeah. So God give me a song to play with you very quickly. I'm going to play the whole thing. It's four minutes and 43 seconds. And I'm going to um, play it in whatever God does with that. Hallelujah. So I want you to really listen to this song. Jesus is the one that said, play this song for everything that's happening right now in the spiritual realm. So listen, okay?
here please please oh god oh god it's 2.30 At the edge of the bed, I have to. God. God. Oh, God. Okay. Jesus. Oh, God. Yes, God. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I realize that you are according to your purpose and we're going to feel misdirected and confused if we try to compare someone's alignment with God due to how they're created. And I realize we all have a different formity. We all have a difference that's unique, but it's from our father. And it separates us as a creation individually, being the apple of his eye, because he can identify the difference in each and every one of us. That's like looking at fruit. I see a banana in you. I see an orange in you. I see an apple. I see grapes in you. So I know how to identify all your difference because I know what I put there. That is a difference that separates you all from each other. You are three-part being. You do have a brain. You do have a heart. You do have eyes. You do have limbs the same. But what I put in you is all different for the same purpose, but it's all uniquely implanted and imparted into you, embedded into you differently. That is your difference. One orange cannot compare to an apple. You cannot try to come an apple. You cannot try to even look like an apple. You cannot even be the color of an apple because you are orange. And that's how God sees us in ministry. You are this and you are that. You cannot be that. You're not created to be that. So don't think when you see that, you have to be that. No, you have to be you. The world need you. The world need you. The world need you and you and you and you and you and you and you. The world needs all of you because you all need each other to impact the world. Many of us see people in a similarity with our giftings. For example, if I'm a cook and someone is prospering like never before as a chef, you know, with their culinary skills, and they are where I want to be, some of us feel in our heart like, I wish I was that. I wish I could be there. I wish I had what they had. That's covening thy neighbor. And God does not want us to do that. It's a command that we do not do that because you are orange. 
Why do you want to be an apple? No, be glad that you are orange. Learn what an orange is. Learn the significance of an orange. Learn the beauty of an orange and not want to be an apple. You understand? And that's how God see our difference. Just giving you, you know, an illustration, you know, using fruit. Because that's how God sees us. A lot of times we have similarities as others and we see them take off and we want to be where they are. Sometimes it could cause an ache. Like, I wish I was there. How come not me? I wish I was at least with them or a part of them. And many of us try to connect with others just to be a part of what they are doing. But if we are part of, you understand, in a way that we already aware that we are, that we wouldn't need to feel that ache to want to be something that we are not, someone that we are not, someplace where we are not, you understand? So we have to really be comfortable with our uniqueness. We have to really be comfortable where we are because God has implanted greatness in every single one. So if we look at others, we're not recognizing the greatness within us. And that's saying that he didn't do a good job without us telling him that. Like, I want that. So what about you? Just like a child saying, I want to look like you. What's wrong with you? I don't like how I look. Why not? You're beautiful. No, I want to look like God. And that's how we sound to God when we look at each other and want to be with everyone that we want to be like where they are. And God doesn't want that. So I realized there's a sound, there's a hiss, there's a blow, there's a groan, there's a roar in the atmosphere, you know, and to push that out and release that. The thing is, what I just done tonight and you witnessed it gathered up many people spiritually, spiritually. Their spirits heard and their spirits followed that sound that came from God through me. It gathers up the nations. I love the prophet Isaiah, all of them. But Isaiah had a lot of descriptions of heaven's realities. God's words, God's instructions as to what to come. So prophetic. Seeing Christ, prophesying Christ, even Moses. Look how he prophesied so much of what we're walking in. And I thank God that I realize that what I'm giving you are not prophecies so far off as I thought they were because it's still applied to this generation. See, Isaiah and them prophesy generations down. I'm prophesying what's in this generation. It's just not today or has not been the day off, but it's still in the generation itself. So it's not as far off as we think it is. You understand? So just, you know, embrace what's happening. You know, there are a lot standing behind me. A lot of kingdom's presence. You know, you can feel somebody behind you. They're right behind me. I can just feel the blow of the hair on the back of my neck standing still. <laughs> God said timing. You know, what he's done to me is very powerful. And God has given me a warning. He's given every messenger a warning. Every child. But when you are called to do similarities as those who you read who prophesied and spoke about what's to come and how God felt and commune with God and hear God and release God to people for real, you be warned. God warned Moses up on Mount Sinai to listen to him and only follow the instructions. And Moses broke that covenant when he disobeyed. And it caused him not to cross over. He's not the only one who has disobeyed. You understand the warning. Jonah disobeyed the warning. You understand. I realized as the years went up, God's mercy became more rich. And you know what's so amazing? That God is still the same. He never changed. 
but his attributes, it gets greater. It gets richer from a God who never changed. He's always doing a new thing, but you're still the same. That's amazing. He continued to create being the same. That's like nothing stays how it is. And yet you do. But you create everything to grow. But you don't need to. So just enjoy this encounter. The song by C.C. Wine is Confida. Jesus say, play that. Let that marinate in your spirit. Because what you are called to do, you're going to need Comforter to guide you, to direct you from any forms of this world. Because even though the world itself, you know, it's not that the world is evil. It's that Satan is the ruler of it. Because people don't mean any harm. But under his influence, they can become very harmful to themselves and each other. So the world itself is not held accountable for what it cannot do because the world itself is a place, it's not a people, it's us that are here. So God wants us to release back, you understand, the Jubilee that belongs here in its original state on earth as it is. Comforter is very much needed and necessary. It's a time to sit up and it's a time to go to sleep. It's a time to sit up right now. Have to be that led, flowing that much with God that you're doing exactly what he says at all times. And I received a warning. And with a warning comes an oath from God. That's you don't do this and I'm going to do this. I will do this, but you cannot do this. And you don't discuss the warning. You just receive the oath. You receive the covenant. You be loyal to the covenant. You be committed to the covenant. There's a higher level I received tonight of loyalty with God and being committed unto God. And there are 66 plus books that keeps me where I need to be with God by looking at their mistakes and learning from them just like people have learned from mine. There are so many women, sweetheart, you're not even aware in the house of victory itself that was like, you know what? Thank you. Because I was about to do the same thing you have. And I made multiple locations. There are some in different locations that are going through a similar testimony. Walked away walked away and men too walked away from the promise and God sit back there are some who have children outside of their promise and I mean made an agreement for God's will like we always do God your will your will and he released to you your mate and you go somewhere else and there are some who have children elsewhere when they already came in contact with their promise. And God is sending them back. There are some who feel like, you know what? I don't care anymore what anyone has to say. My freedom means more to me than anything. I don't care. Yeah, it was 40 years worth of mistake. Yeah, 30. Yeah, 10. How about four days? I'm out. Father, I'm in. See, when we walk like God and you are called to release the words, wisdom of God, you cannot be afraid to say what God has to say. 
because you can't stop God's voice from being heard. It's like saying, Father, wait, don't say that. Who are we to say that to him? No, say what you need to say. Because a lot of times we think about the outcome of a person's emotions due to it and we look at it going wrong before we even see it going right. We don't walk with God and look down. We walk with God looking up. And I feel, I feel you. I said, Dwight, come on. When are you coming to me? I just yelled out the window, but not yelling. I was speaking outside, but calling for you. And you know your spirit man said, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Your spirit man heard me. And you're somewhere probably, I don't know what you were doing, but your spirit heard me. You have to be that in tune with your spirit to be aware of what you just heard because I'm feeling that you didn't even hear me call for you. <laughs> you understand? That's how in tune you have to be. When you call me, I wake up without your mouth even opening up to release a word. Your heart calls me, your mind calls me, your spirit calls me, your body even calls me. And I get up, it wakes me up or it has me to stop what I'm doing to release what I need to do for you. I'm that in tune. I'm that in tune because I flow with the spirit of God. Get up, up, go to this place, I'm gone. Say this, saying it, do it, I'm doing it. Be there early, I'm early. No excuse. It kind of reminds me of Wolverine, how he get wounded and it heals immediately. That's how hunger and thirst looks. It's unstoppable. It cannot die, cannot be killed. So I'm on here 2.30 now in the morning with you. I have a lot of energy. There is... On one side of my belly, a long, it's like maybe eight or nine long, huge pieces of fish spiritually in my belly on one side. I just know it means profit is very profitable. But I'm not going to sit here and try to figure that out. I'm just going on what I can see. But I want you to really hear what I'm saying. Because when we take off, we take off. Night before last, God had me in a rocket slash jet. It was me and a couple of people. And it was so narrow that you couldn't sit side by side. It's in a straight line. But that jet slash rocket, it took off so fast, far in the sky. And then it had to come back and get more people. So we went and then came back. <laughs> we didn't even get to where we was trying to go. We had to get more. And then we took off. That's God saying you are on a horizon. You are launching far beyond new horizons. I want you to flow with me. And I mean flow in the spirit with me. Don't do the same thing you were doing yesterday. Let everything come up higher. More spiritual than anything. Tune in with God and commune with God like never before. You could be at work and still tune into God. Your heart is doing all the talking. And what's in the heart is going to perpetuate the atmosphere around you. For every heart who come in contact with you, they're going to feel it. They're going to feel it. 
We don't have to say much. Just let God do everything he wants to do without even being verbal. People always say, there's such a sweet presence. God says that when it comes to everything that you do, I put the extra on top of it. That's been a help. It becomes better. And everything that I do, you put the extra on top of it. And it becomes better. I notice in ministry, a lot of people that are older, they feel like, okay, I teach you because I'm older. I'm more experienced. But the thing about it is, how many of us are actually, who speaks from that place, are in tuned and not experienced. See, I could be experienced at reading. I could be experienced at teaching. I could be experienced at, you understand, witnessing. But am I in tuned? That's a difference. I could have been witnessing for over 30 years, but am I in tuned into the kingdom? Some of us been in ministry for over 40 years or 30 or 10 years, but some are not in tune yet and some have been in tune for a short period of time. And many of us think because we're in it that we're in it. No, we ought to be in tune because I can't say what God does it. If I do, I'm not in tune. So everything that comes out of my mouth, if it's not what God says, if it's not based upon finished work, if it doesn't have words, if they're not words of power, if they're not words of life, then guess what? I'm not in tune. So how many of us in ministry are not in tune? So people who are not in tune can feel those who are. That's like if I go in a room with someone who doesn't sing that well and they know I do, they will feel like, okay, I know she's good. I know she sounds great. But, you know, everybody doesn't handle new in a great way. Some feel intimidated. Some feel, you know, like threatened. Some feel who you think you are or you're not coming. Oh, I see you. You don't think you're going to come and try to take something from me or you understand be where I am. No, you got to spend years in this. And many of us haven't spent no time. Because the thing is, when you're tuned into the kingdom, it's not about time. It's about movement. It's about movement and not time. A person who's not in tune, about time. And it's about how much time we spend in ministry, how much we go about doing this for God. Oh, we've been doing this for years. Oh, we, we know what we're doing. And think about it is, have you been in tune and we don't have to go around asking each other that because we already know we are by what we say. Our conversation determines if it's God speaking or if it's us. If it's us speaking, it's not his world. His world, his thoughts, his ways. The opposite is not. And I realize we cannot allow people to sit us down and shut us up because of it. Because you can feel in the atmosphere, we all can, when someone, that's like going on a job and you knew on the place, you know, you knew inside the place. And the workers that have been there look at you like, okay, because the supervisor's like, this is a new worker, you know, this person is very good. And they're like, okay, we're good too. And many feels like that in ministry. So all those emotional reasons people have, it causes many people to back off 
I don't want to pry. I don't want to give you the wrong idea. I don't want your position. I don't want you to take it wrong. I don't want you to think I'm stepping on your toes. I don't want you to be mad at me. Not one prophet I heard say that. You know why? Because it didn't matter. It's about movement. I'm not going to tiptoe around someone who's hesitant. I'm not going to tiptoe around someone who's not in tune. I'm not going to tiptoe around somebody who don't know what to say out their mouth. I'm not going to tiptoe around somebody who don't walk by faith. I'm not going to tiptoe around somebody who's just living off of earthly reality. No, I'm here to move. I'm here to move. Every person who's in tune is on a move. Because if we are not in tune and we're focused on people's emotions then we're going to always be hesitant because there's always going to be somebody feeling some type of way that's causing us to back away because we don't want to pry. Not about prying. It's about change. Because some people can have us prolonging things. We're still waiting for opportunities. No. Move. Sometimes you got to go around and make it move. And make a move. How many of us still waiting for a phone call that we never got? Make a move. Especially if God said move. We cannot allow anyone to keep us still. If God said talk, who am I to be silent? If God said listen, who am I to talk? How many times that we have took the initiative to make a move when something tried to keep us still? No, I won't. I can't. It's not about no one's feelings, nor emotions. Because the thing about it is, to make a great impact is not to bring things. To make a great impact is to bring him. People need him. We can all go to the store and purchase all kinds of things that he provided for us. But what's the difference? Him. People need to encounter him. Not encounter what comes with him. No, encounter him alone first. People need to know who they are. They need to know the truth. They need to be set free. I was asked to go somewhere. When was it? Oh, goodness. This woman asked me to, is it today? I think it's today at 12 o'clock. Was it yesterday? Oh, come on. She'd give me another call. If God wanted me to be there, that's how I feel. I would have been there. You know, um, it was a conversation that I thought was, you know, I can turn around, but some people are set in their ways. Some people are set in their ways. You know, some people just move off of panic and fear. Let's go pray the sickness out of the streets. I'm not going to do that because we are the healed. So I'm going to stay from that place. I'm going to move from that place. I'm going to stay in that place. See, the thing is, we have to make the move. We can't think about a person's, you know, season regarding salt or lack of flavor. We can't even think of that. You know what to do when you know when to do. Do it. We have to stop being hesitant because we're trying to look at other people's emotions. Nah. Nah. We got to think about our God first. (laughs) Our God first. We can't put a person's feelings before our God's, you know, move. Before our own purpose. And I realize a lot of times we go places and we, like, for example, if I'm a singer and I'm around people who really not gifted to sing, I'm going to feel a little uh, frustrated. Because I know I'm gifted to do this. And many not even aware that you're in the wrong, you understand. You're in the wrong place. 
because it doesn't sound good. It's not prophetic. It's not natural to you. This is something that you just want to do. So you're robbing yourself of what you're really here to do because you're, you're doing what you're not here to do because obviously I know that the kingdom don't sound like that in you. And that's when it goes to anything and everything else regarding us all. Be what we're supposed to be. Because it can be frustrating me as a cook. And I have people around who don't know how to. And they're in my establishment. Or they're in my kitchen. Or in my, you know, place. And they're not moving like I'm, I'm naturally moving. Because I'm gifted. Same thing goes for me when I was given a word. Everybody that was around me at the time wanted to give a word. But you're not called to do that. And people are walking away because you don't sound good. You're not even talking from a good place. So we have to learn how to stay in our way. I'm not going to be out here trying to sing when I'm called to speak. You understand? Even though it could be a talent, but the gift, the purpose, what I have been called to do, that flows naturally. That flows smoothly. That's how I flow with the spirit, with the gift. We have many talents, but one gift. And we have many giftings because of the gift. And the gift things comes from the gifts of the spirit. It opens up the doors for other things to take place. And I realize me being a speaker, that's like if you're a cook, you go around people who own it in you, they're going to think, oh, what can you teach me? I've been cooking before you were born, sweetie. But your pumpkin pie is more, <laughs> you understand, it's more rich. Now, yours is good. I'm not here to compete with your pumpkin pie. Eat the pie. See, many people feel like, oh, I've been here, so you're not going to move me. I'm not here to move you. We want a movement. You understand? <laughs> We're in a movement. You understand? So it's like not moving people. We're on a move. People have to understand that. So me speaking for myself as a speaker, many would say, oh, I've been doing this. I've been doing this. And people don't have to tell you, but they're going to come off that way. Like, you know, oh, I've been doing this for years. But talking like that, are you even in tune? Because you don't have to, you understand, explain or prove anything to anybody. A person that's heartfelt, don't do all that talking. They just be on the move. A person who sings, don't just talk about, oh, every note that I make, you know, every melody and, oh, listen to this, oh, this and this. No, they just release. So I pray that we really know where we are due to the call that's on our lives and be where we need to be. Because I really, I have a change of heart today because I used to feel like, okay, let's not be cruel. If someone doesn't, you know sound good or you know do something very well let's still give them a chance but guess what I have a change of heart because that's called pacifying because people need to be where they're supposed to be because you may not be a singer you may be a designer and you're lacking where you're supposed to be so I cannot rob you of where you're supposed to be by trying to baby you or pacify you or even comfort you and nurture you where you don't belong. There's no such thing as tone deaf. Tone deaf either. You know what you sound like. You know what that drawing looks like. That's not prophetic at all. Those just stick people. A lot of times we see things and we be like, you know what, um, we think to ourselves, this is not good. But we like, oh, wow, that's called lying. So I pray to God to give me reasons. If someone asks, let me tell the truth and not be rude. Be like, you know what? See, you could pull things out of somebody without being rude. For example, sweetheart, if you cannot, you know, draw and you're drawing, I'd be like, um, you know what? What's in your heart that you really like? What is something you could do in your sleep? I'll try to pull it out of you and get you to thinking like, uh, 
because it has to come out. It's in there. Um, I like doing this. Let me see you do that. Wow. Yep. That's you. Really? Yep. That's your call. That's how we help each other, not hinder each other. I'm not going to tell you you can't sing because I ain't got time to be mad. Look, look, I thought people were being mean at first. Like, stop being mean. Let them sing. No, if you are not a psalmist, don't do it. Because you're robbing yourself of where you're supposed to be. You might be in acting. Just because you want to do it don't mean you're created to do it. How about you want to do what you only created to do? That means that many of us are not submitting. Because we're trying to tell God what we want to do. But we are in ministry. See, we have to really be tuned. Be in tune. Me walking around here asking people, you know, the same question. That's not flowing with the spirit. Because God is always doing a new thing. He now to reach everybody where they are. And I realized that's my gift. I can reach anybody right where they are, no matter who it is, how rebellious they are. They're going to end up feeling better with me. Because it's a gift that flows smoothly. I can go to the airport and have everybody, hey, how you doing? Hey, hi. Just that much of a people person because I'm called to reach people. We all are, but the way I'm called, I know how I'm called and I know where I am in God regarding the calling. So I'm where I belong, basically. We have to be where we belong. Many of us are mismatched and it's not looking good. It's not sounding good nor tasting good. I'm not going to dare say I can cook and I cannot. There's no way. One thing I learned, whatever I do, I do it unto the Lord, not unto any of you. Because when I do things unto you guys, that's when the mistakes takes place. Every time I'm trying to impress or cook for someone, it doesn't work. But if I cook unto the Lord and serve you from that place, you're going to love it. If I dance unto the Lord, you guys are going to receive it. If I preach unto the Lord, you guys are going to know it. There's a difference if I preach unto you or to myself. Because you're going to hear me and not hear him. And many of us are being seen, heard, tasted, whatever. And it's not good. We want to taste and see that he is good and not try to put the goodness on us. So I pray that the shift allow people to realize where they are and where they need to be. Because God placed me somewhere and I want to say something so much to just bring change that I can feel there's a lot of, you know, I've been here a long time. Oh, you're here. Oh, wow. When people hear about your name, like, oh, okay, well, that's great. I'm not threatened. Are you? No one ever said that. And I can feel that in some places in ministry around the world that have happened to me. They've been put many times people said they didn't want me to speak because they knew I was coming and they were speaking too. No, I don't want you to speak while I'm speaking because I know how you speak. I want, I want the attention pretty much. And no one's here to do that at all. So a lot comes while we're in ministry. Like if I'm a psalmist, there might be a psalmist that feel like, okay, oh, you don't know what I'm working with. I'm, I'm from this state. I'm from that state. Watch what I can do. That's not what we do in ministry. We don't compete and compare. We don't feel threatened either. We don't go over above to have people to feel like that we're not threatened. See, these are the kind of workshops we should be having. Not trying to add a solution to a problem. No, it's to eliminate the problem with the solution we got to kill the root we can't cover it up and many of us want to cover up roots sweep things under the rug or bottle things down no we have to address it by having it to be eliminated with words of wisdom and start fresh just start fresh because a lot of things is feel good to encounter but guess what? That's why things still happen because we didn't kill the roots. And how we kill a root? By lifting each other up. That no one have to feel 
intimidated. No one has to feel like they're not important. No one has to feel like they're not good enough. No one has to feel, you know, less than. When everyone feel how God have us to feel regarding how he see us and how he created us, we wouldn't need to feel less than. We wouldn't see ourselves to compete and compare again. We look at each other and say, wow, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Not, that's good, but you're not better than me. Do you understand? And many of us do that. By me being a speaker, when I, a lot of places I go, I get it, you know, very, very challenging, very <laughs> more than others, I'm trying to tell you. Because people know your name and they know what you do. I'm not going to be easy on you because of who you are. No, in fact, I'm going to be more, cha not challenging, but I'm going to be more pushing. I'm going to be more, you understand, stern, firm with you because of who you are. So I thank God for that. But yeah, I'm in a situation where I want to be used to say what God wants me to say in this specific place in the community. But I can feel due to the discernment that we have that many feel like, uh, I've been doing this. And I've been doing it this way. And I'm not going to change. Some people say they can accept change. Everybody cannot accept change. They say it, but deep down, bothered, upset pissed off who you think you are who do you think you are and you're not doing anything with being used this place is outside of DMV I'm referring to it's a collaboration but I can feel when they heard my name and I joined the zoom I saw the looks and I could tell how the person and people were going above and beyond just to prove was not to be proven. You don't have to go through all that. You don't have to set a name for yourself, set a stage for yourself, for someone to feel like, oh, they know what they're doing, so I'm not gonna even try to even say anything. You understand? So all of that in between, we're not gonna move around and tiptoe around that. We just here to make the move. We're here to make the move. I um, ooh, I feel in the spirit that God is saying um, people have to be where they belong. People have to be where they belong. I thought people were being mean, to be honest. Like, how can you tell somebody that they don't, you understand, cook good, do this good, and it's not that they're not saying that you're not good. It is saying you're not where you belong. And I really agree with that today. At first, honestly, I didn't. I thought it was being mean. It's not being mean. It's being upfront. You know, we can't lie to people. That's going to rob them from where they're supposed to be. And it's not saying you don't belong here. It's pretty much, the thing is, I can't just say you can't cook. No, I have to pull out of you the solution before I eliminate the problem. I can't just bring the problem and don't bring you no solution because then you're going to consider me as a problem. You understand? So I have to release the solution and that kills the problem. So the thing is, if I had a function that I would have everyone to attend regarding the shift, I will pull out what's in you. Say what is something that you really like doing. Because what you really like doing, that's in you. That's a part of you. That's what you think about. But a lot of us ignore it because we want to do what we want to do. And there's no more ignoring it because we're going to put the attention back on God and not on us. So that type of workshop, I would really enjoy doing. You understand? And I just lift up in the atmosphere. There don't even have to be no workshop. Just release the words in the atmosphere. They'll be done now. You know, a lot of things you don't have to wait to do. Just release it in the atmosphere. 
Hallelujah. Pharrell, you have to pull out of a person what's in them. It's not any of our places say, you know what? You, you're bad. You, you just sound bad. You know, you just, you know, whatever you're doing, it's just not good. You know, you, that art piece is just, you understand. And sometimes people feel, and they know that they're not as good because they're not called to do it as much. <laughs> the ones who are seasoned, they will be called to do it, you know, more. And people still not catching it. And they, some of them feel disrespected. Like, oh, I get it. You want to keep calling them? Oh, now you're showing favoritism. It's not that. I just don't want to tell you that this is not for you. But I'm just going to keep you here because I don't want to hurt your feelings. It's not that. It's that we have to pull out of people what's in them. You know, God, help me, you know, pull out and give me words to pull out of people what they are called to do so they can walk in their calling successfully and not be where they don't belong. Because everybody knows somebody where they don't belong. I mean, speakers, you heard around the world that you were like, boring. You understand? Seriously. People want to do things and it's just, it's not. It's it's not what you're called to do. You understand? And I just thank God for it. You know, there are some people called to ice skate. I'm not called to do that. Mm -hmm. No. You should have seen me last year. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm glad you wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would have had you out there with me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm on here with you with this. So just agree for people to be where they belong. You know, if if a person has too many days of need and to improve and something that should flow natural, then that's not for you. If I got to keep being taught how to sound good, then that's not for me because it's something that flows smoothly. Now you, you know, you improving your craft, you become more sharp with your craft. You learn your craft, but if it's not you, it's not you. You can't make it work. You can't make it work because God already worked it out, what you're called to do. Hallelujah. God, sweetheart, God keeps showing me an open coconut. Why keep showing me that? I've been seeing that for like two weeks every day. An open coconut. Yeah. Do you know that my first coconut I had was in Bahamas, but it was alcohol in it? <laughs> but the thing is, I never really cracked open a coconut. How do you open that with all the stuff over the brown, like weeds and stuff? And not even just that, but... I'm sure it's juice inside, but it's a coconut, you know, out of the, you know, coconut itself, the shell, whatever you call it. Is it soft inside or is it hard and crunchy? I want to know what that tastes like. Because as a kid, I used to like coconut a lot, like almond joys. Oh, gosh. I grew up eating coconut lemon cake. Oh, my goodness. So I ate a lot of coconut, but I never really had a coconut in my hand to have someone say, oh, open it and look inside. What is it like? Yeah. Don't you dare tease me. God said he would never tease you. Things that you're not aware of and he's so aware of, he's excited to show you. He feels good to be the one to show you stuff like that. (laughs) Really? Yeah. God said, you love to show, but I don't really know. Like, you feel really good to do that. Like, oh, good. You love to feel wanted and needed. And not in a sense of being a shepherd, but in a sense of just being a help. Yeah. I'm hungry. I was supposed to, you know, fix some bacon and pancakes, but... I would like a bowl of cereal. Can you come with me in the kitchen? I try to fix hot food plates for my son for breakfast on the weekends because he eat breakfast in school on a weekday because the bus comes to pick up the children for breakfast. Yeah, right before school starts. So that worked out for me. I didn't have to do it at home. I wouldn't mind, but I don't have to. Come with me in the kitchen. I want a bowl of cereal. <laughs> yeah, Frosted Flakes. Yeah, they're great. I'm just buying. 
Gonna put some bananas in it. Ooh. Can I go to another episode, please? Thank you. Yeah, sweetheart. I'm just gonna talk a little bit more, okay? I was like, you know, I was like, God. Mm-hmm. I missed Dwight. Mm-hmm. I looked out the window earlier, and I was like, Dwight, hurry up. And your spirit man say, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. I was saying it in my heart. Yeah, like, hurry up. And it's not you. I'm not saying it to you. I was just, you know, thinking in my heart. Like, hurry up and come back to me again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to eat cereal in your ear, so I just wanted some cereal. Mm. Yeah. I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm adding in, you know, more meals. Very light, very light meals, so. Until I feel led to just, you know, either go without anything or once again. Mm -hmm. Just one time again. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. I'm getting sleepy now. Mm -hmm. Keep giving birth to new things. God, God, show me a belly again. Four. Oh, it takes so much energy pushing things out sometimes. There are times we're not aware we're pushing out new things. But then there are times where you just, oh, God. God is showing me Gucci. I like Gucci. I'm going to tell you why. I like the pattern. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the color pattern. I like the green strips and, you know, with the red. I like that green and red like that. That's nice with that brown. I really like that pattern, that color, the colors with it. That's the only name brand thing that I really like is Gucci. Mm-hmm. I like how Gucci looks. Mm-hmm. I like that green and red, like that with that brown pattern. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I remember I seen you in a picture. I think you had Burberry. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget when Burberry was the thing. It still is, but I mean, everybody was pressed for Burberry. Mm-hmm. I remember when all the ladies was pressed for coach. Mm-hmm. We were so pressed for coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I really like Gucci. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm give me a Gucci pair of pants. But, you know, that's not something I'm aiming for right now. Yeah, but I like Gucci. Mm-hmm. God just showed me Gucci. He showed me a Gucci purse. Okay. Thank you, God. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Shoes too? Okay. Father is showing off. <laughs> I'm going to start asking when. When, Father? <laughs> I need a date. A, a, yeah, a natural date. For manifestation? For what you're showing me? Father. <laughs> okay, Father. <laughs> I love you too. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, Okay. I just got that. God said, when it comes to, you know, receiving the bigger things, the things that you all really want, you think that you have to wait a long time because it's something so, you know, big for you. Why do you consider waiting long for something that you really want when I can do it for you right now? But many of you doubt with, you know, a lack of confidence to even believe you can have what you really want now. Why do you think that you cannot get the person's shoes now? Because you're looking at yourself naturally? You're looking at, you know, what's not to be looked at? Why cannot? I mean, not why cannot, but why, you know, can you just receive and have it to be, you know, that your reality? I'm listening and I'm talking at the same time, okay, sweetheart? Yeah, sometimes God will have a person to hear and then say, you know, God is saying what I'm saying. So I'm saying what he's saying, why he's saying it. That's what he's using me to do a lot of the times. 
Yeah, and I'm listening when I'm trying to speak to you. <laughs> yeah, that's how he had me to do it. And that's pretty unique to do it that way. But it just caused me to have to, you know, reword some of the things. Because it's coming out and I'm listening and sometimes come out so fast. Because he's speaking a lot. Yeah. But you're right, Father. You're absolutely right. God said, when it comes to things that you all really want, you think that you have to wait a long time because you're looking at how significant it is compared to where you are naturally to receive what you can have supernaturally. Don't think like that. Yeah. Is it something there? Hmm. You can remove it. Thank you. You have access. Thank you. Mm. God say, Quinesha, you've been taking care of yourself for a very long time. And you've been doing very well at it. But you are not your provider. You've been taking care of yourself for a long time. You wasn't ever waiting for someone to do something for you. You made sure you got it done yourself. And not being careful living like that had you to have a guard up from receiving great things from people because you guys used to doing things yourself. And you block out things from other people because you didn't want to be disappointed because you're so used to doing things yourself so you wouldn't be disappointed. Mm. And God just removed that. Yeah. I have done a lot for myself, just about everything, for a very long time. Yeah. And went above and beyond, too. <laughs> yeah, for myself. And I thank God that I don't have to live like that. He is my source. He is my provider. Even though he provides for me, I go all out from how he provides for me, but it's not me providing for me. Mm-mm. I don't have to take care of me. Uh-uh. Yeah, and I learned that in three years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, everything about it. Mm-hmm. I can definitely say I'm not one of them who are walking like that and out of way. I'm aware I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's gone to move. Mm-hmm. I love you. I have class at nine. So let me just get a little bit more sleep. Mm-hmm. I love you, though. These are the best times of the night. Mm-hmm. And it's quiet everywhere. There's a volume everywhere. Mm-hmm. God does a lot of talking, a lot of communion. Excuse me, commun- communing when we are awake on the times that we normally are. Yes, God. Okay. Okay, God. Thank you, God. Oh, God. God showed me a teenager in Georgetown in a dorm. Yeah. I don't know who that, you know, woman is, but I just lift her up. Mm-hmm. She's a Georgetown student. Mm-hmm. That means she's into the medical field. Whoever that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the only thing is, God is showing me. I lifted up, God, that we release unto her, you know, what she needs, the words of wisdom. 
to keep her focused because she's not really focused. She's in a relationship and her focus is more on the relationship than her books. Mm-hmm. I look for that she continue to stay focused and continue to keep her grades up and continue to, you know, put her education before, you know, that relationship. You know, it's a very tight relationship. It's like I see they in love. They've been together for some time, but her focus is on him and not on the books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not anymore. Just left to love whoever that is. Mm-hmm. Georgetown, both of them Georgetown students. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can get off of here now. Thank you for listening. I love you, fantasies and nuts. Wow. I don't want to get off because I don't want to talk to you more. You know. Let me get off. Yeah, God, show me that thing in the spiritual world. It's time to get off now. Yeah, I love you.